we bless you holy spirit father we ask that you anoint your word lord we ask that you will anoint me and i ask that you anoint your people i ask that father your voice will come to all of us expressly we will understand you we will appreciate you we will behold you we will walk with you father we thank you and give you all the glory in the name of jesus amen, amen. all right so we've been talking about the contest in fact equipped for the work of ministry the broad team we've been talking about is that um, we want to learn about being equipped for the work of ministry and in this we went through a number of things and explained um, the context in which prophets and apostles evangelist pastors are released that these men are not just given to us for fun they are given to impart unique abilities into us so that our our ability to deliver each and everyone's call will be beyond just human strength and human prowess now we walked through all of that many many weeks ago last year and we started talking about the contest and the nature of the call it is important that we understand the contest and the nature of the call this morning um, last night when I was on Facebook live um, um, one of the young men I met in a travel many years ago look impartation is serious huh impartation when we talk about impartation it's a serious matter this gentleman was serving us when we visited Liberia he will make sure we have water to bath he will make sure our clothes are iron. He will knock on our door early. Please, what are you wearing today? I want to iron them. Which shoe are you wearing today? I want to polish them. He will make sure we're comfortable. He will come and say, are you okay? Is everything fine? And, and all of that. And I recall, he will come to our room. When we come back from ministry, he will come to our room. He will come and sit with us. And you know that the guy is looking for something. He is looking like the man in Acts chapter 3. He is looking to receive something. And I'm speaking to, to actually explain um, a few things that the call can do to you and I. You and I. So he will come and sit with us, interacting with us. I remember on this occasion, he said to me, he says that that shoe, I'm, that shoe you are wearing, when you are going back, you are not taking it away. <laughs> and I said, oh, Jeff, don't worry. I'll, I'll get you a shoe. I'll give you a shoe. The next time I'm coming, I'll buy you some shoe and that kind of thing. He said, okay. And he was happy. He served us gladly. And he didn't serve us in vain. He didn't serve us in vain at all. Now, it happened that as time will pass, I started asking of the guy, and they said, ah, Mark, you don't know. My host who brought us to Liberia said, you don't know. There is a man of God in town. They are calling him Prophet Jeff, Prophet Jeff, Prophet Jeff, Prophet Jeff. Ah. I said, then we visited Liberia. I'm like, ah, where is Jeff? He said, Jeff is busy doing ministry. I'm like, ah, uh, 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 Patrick. Ah, Patrick, are you serious? What are you talking about? He said, Jeff is now known as a prophet of God. And not long I left Liberia. He called me to apologize to me that he didn't come to see me. Then he sent me a message. He's starting out his ministry. And he gave me the name and all of that and on and on and on and on. And 
the guy began to rise in grace. And sometimes I see him on Facebook Live. And I watch him. And I advise him, steady, go deeper. Do the things that um, you must do that to build your ministry. So this morning, last night, he was on Facebook Live. And when he came, when I was on Facebook Live and he came on, the Lord began to speak to me. Everything that I began to speak over everybody on Facebook Live was because I saw into his life this newness. And I didn't understand what it was. So this morning he called me and started talking to me about um, his, his marriage. I asked, how are you, the children, the family, the wife? And he says, no, the woman and I, we are no more. We are no longer together. I'm like, what really happened? I know the issues, but what exactly happened? And he started expressing to me, this is a woman who does not go with the vision of God that he has placed upon my life. Um, this is a woman, um, in, in fact, in, in long and short, he said, I met the woman just in one month. I don't know what came over me. And I went and married her. I said, wow, I understand what you are talking about. Abed, your seat has been removed. Come forward. Come, come, come and sit close to charity. If you see the Bernard will disturb you. <laughs> He will start rebuking you. Why are you? Why are you? <laughs> so, he started talking to me. And you see, I understood him in a way. Because, you see, the call of God determines who you marry. And so, when we talk about the nature and the context of the call, the call of God does not leave you when you go to bed. As a matter of fact, who you are is your calling. Last night, I was telling my children, I was asking, who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? And somebody was telling me something. And I started explaining to them how God brought us into this earth to be a solution to the fallen system and to advance his kingdom. So the call goes beyond my personal choice and personal preference and how I feel I don't feel like. If we begin to understand this in the body of Christ, people will not hang themselves. People will begin to walk with a certain sense of severity in life. Their face will be colored with severity and seriousness. I remember some years ago, there was a man I worked under. And I was doing a job on a field. And, and as I was working, my colleague was sitting by me. I broke into a vision. I felt a little dizzy, drowsy. So I put my head on the desk. When I did, I just saw the hand of this man. And there's a book I was reading. I can't remember the title very well. Either, either is a 21st century church. It's not a common book written by one great man of God in America. 21st century church. Very detailed. Talking about the transformative processes or something. So I just saw the hand of this man with a pen. And he began to want to write across the page I was, I was, I was reading. I held his hand and I said, no, you can't write. You can't write another law. You can't write another story in the pages of my life. I stopped him. So the call of God determines how you carry yourself. Look, it's, it informs the choices you make in life. It informs who, you, who becomes your friend, the people you work with. I ministered again, another, another third story. I ministered to a lady who is in one of the big churches in our land here. And I mean, if you see this lady, she's pretty. If she speaks English, excellent. So beautiful. But relationship know the work. So 
in this meeting in community 18 I began to prophesy to her and ba 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 when I finished I said I want you to do this three days dry fasting can you do it she said yes can you do it she said yes I said let's go she started fasting she said was it on the second day in the evening or the third day she was on her knees and her chest was to her, her, her elbow and chest was to her chair praying she said suddenly she started smelling an odor that she can never describe she said she smelled this odor coming out of her being coming out of her person and she called me and said prophet mark i've experienced something i've never experienced before and i said what is it she described it and she concluded by saying for how many years have i been born again and it is just like i am just starting and i said to her you know there are men and women in god when you meet them the foundation of your life gets reconstructed and the call of god begin to begin to come alive and to the glory of god today she is married and she is having children listen we need to attach severity to the call of god upon our lives if we fail in the call of god we fail in everything if we fail in the call of god we fail many 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 generations many many people so we started looking at this issue of the call the nature and the call the nature and the contest in which god calls you sometimes god calls somebody to america contest sometimes god calls people to a particular language and if you're not careful you'll never understand them they speak in a particular language they speak in a particular way their teaching has a particular form and if you are not careful you will condemn them i remember some years ago a great man of god in this country said he i used to watch him a lot on tv and he said he visited a place and he met this preacher when a preacher is preaching now huh, he says and the lord god, and the lord god will teach you huh, and, and and that is it's not like he's pretending it looks like he has some some problem with his sinuses and the lord god and then he will teach you and he will move in your life and there will be healing and he said by the time my man finished 45 minutes see testimonies i am healed i am this i am this my back is gone this is gone he said ah you don't condemn people though be very very careful he mentioned the man's name and then i went to a shop i was those days i was i was book bay cassette bay Hey, unless I don't hear the name of the man of God, I'll go and be searching. Interestingly, I came to a shop that was down this road. There used to be a school that now is turning to some estates and houses. Where the saloon is. Bernard, you see where the saloon, the kids' saloon is? The back there used to be a school. I saw the man's cassettes. I begged the woman, I didn't have money. Now, book babe had no money. So I begged the woman to keep the thing for me so that I come for it. We have to be very careful. Because you have a unique call, you have a unique purpose. Understanding the nature of it empowers you. You will not, you will not be apologetic to anybody. When people are baptizing and it's not your call, you come and you are teaching with such excellence and such grit, such power, and everybody's wondering where is it from. That is why the Bible says Jesus Christ, he taught and they were astonished. From that Greek word, we have the word astute. They were astonished. He taught like a man with great power by the Pharisees. No. He understood the nature of his call. And if you understand the nature of your call, you know to whom you are called and you know who have called you and you are faithful to the call. 
I tell people always, when we come to meetings, you find me teaching as if I'm talking to 10,000. I just teach the message in its component, its entirety, and I'm not waiting for anybody. Because when the word of the Lord comes, two things. When the word of the Lord comes, according to the book of Revelations, the letters to the churches, it says that he that have ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the Lord comes into this community and speaks a word to us. It is expected that the church next door will also hear it. Not because we'll record and put out there, but in the spirit, we are supposed to have an ear that listens to what God is declaring in the churches. When the word of God comes and a prophet of God in Old Testament would come, that's number two. Come into a territory and declare, Thou sayest the Lord to Israel. You could be in the farm, far away from the city. You didn't hear, as a matter of fact, you don't have no business even in the city. But so long as you are of the stock of Israel, that declaration goes to you. In fact, number three, the Bible says that the word of the Lord goes to the ends of the earth. It goes beyond you. It reaches beyond you and I. So when we speak a, a word or we teach a word, it is not just we who are sitting here who are hearing. In fact, as a matter of fact, number four, there are scribe angels who sit to document that which is said and record them. The Bible says their understanding is in our expression of it. That they look constantly into this thing that we have believed in so they come into understanding. They are wow, they are surprised when they see the passion with which we are called the things of God. A people who are broken, challenged, no money, with money, with opportunities, no opportunities, with all the, all the vicissitudes of life challenging you here and there, yet are able to lift up their hands to worship the Christ in the midst of their storms and challenges. Angels look into it to understand. When you understand your call and you are in a capacity like a teacher, a preacher, apostle, prophet, it doesn't matter where you stand. You know when you speak, you are speaking within a certain context and, and, and a wider environment that is beyond the four walls of the environment you speak. So as we speak the word of God, there are powers to whom we are making declarations and they are listening, they are adjusting, they are posturing themselves to be able to align to the decree of God's mind. That is why I attach personal seriousness to what I do. And that is why I will encourage all of us, let's attach personal seriousness to any capacity we occupy. I mean, when it comes to the children, those who are in charge of the children, they have to begin to stand in that capacity seriously because I know that there is a scribe angel watching, documenting my receptivity of that which I do and, and documenting and taking it back to heaven. There are scrolls. Bible says that a day before the Lord is like thousand years and thousand years before the Lord is like a day. And so when God declares a thing in his realm and we would have spoken it here, it is an expanse of discovery of thousand years. And we are just experiencing it in a day. So we have to reposition ourselves. So I started talking to you about the comp components, the componential nature of the call or the, 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 the things that make up the nature of the call. Number one, we said the call is a command, it's a summons. Your call is a summon. You have been summoned. Have you, have you had a court case before? Have you been summoned before? Have you gone to the court before? Me, I've gone to the court before. 
I did not go to the court to be, but as I was sitting in the courtroom, the judge said, now let's invite the, not invite, let's use a term, let's, let's bring in the, the, um, um, the plaintiff. I was a plaintiff, the, one, the other one is accused. He came to steal my thing. <laughs> uh, they were disturbing me oh, several years. They were, uh, before you read it, around, around March, April, they will come and break in. November, December, they will break in. They are, they are, they are positioning themselves to celebrate their festive season. And on this occasion, they came to steal. And when they came and left, when I got to that, I said, Father, as for this one, we will find the person. So I drove somewhere. When I drove to the place, I spoke to somebody. No, I called the person on the phone. I said, ah, somebody have come to my house to steal. He said, uh, what did the person steal? He said, uh, I said, I explained to him A, B, C, D, and then even a curtain that was in the house is missing. He said, I'll call you back. After a few hours, the person called me. He says, come to this location and come and meet me and somebody. So when I, I drove there. And when I met the person, it says that, describe to me what was missing. I said, it's a TV and this and that, and then a green curtain of this particular gold thing running through it. He said, okay. Now there was a boy who came to call me and said that his brother is relocating from the area. And so he carried a TV. You see how God works? And you carried a TV that day. You people were praying, Daniel and the rest, all of you. We were praying, plus all those guys, I've forgotten their names, Shekha, and you people were all praying down there. I didn't come to the meeting. And quickly, I drove the guy. We went to the police station. We had made reports to the police. So we went to the police, we picked the police chief inspector. He's late now. We picked him and his two team. They grabbed their gun. They said, put your hazard on. Fire and let's go. And on, I was firing on the Lebanon road down to Newtown. We fired and we went somewhere in Monomania. And the, the guy pointed that that is the place. No, as a matter of fact, he took me. I took him in my car and we went earlier, covert operation. And I said, that is the place. So I picked the police. We went. When the police entered, there was my TV. There was my curtain. Glory be to God. <laughs> you couldn't have. I couldn't have. So I was in court. And the judge summoned me. I couldn't have said that, judge, I am the one who brought the matter, but I don't want to stand in the box. I am under oath. Please hear me. When there is a call upon a man, man of God, you explained something to me yesterday. When there is a call upon us, it's an oath we have taken. Now, Bible says, God have sworn unto himself. In fact, he swore by himself that if there was no any other, he swore by himself that Abraham to your generation upon generation, I'll give this. God has taken an oath. If he fails to fulfill it, finish. He ceases to be God. When we have a call and we disobey it, we will be broken by the call. The same anointing fights us. The same anointing disturbs us. My late spiritual father, Alfred, he told me a story. How the great grace of God was upon him. And he's an auto-electrician. He will go to the workshop, money devotion. Come on. When he lifts his hand, your friend is saying, mechanics are falling off. Money devotion before they go and start anything. Pastors in Jessica in those days, pastors from Assemblies of God will come and tell him, the hand of God is upon you. Leave this thing you are doing and go and do this work. Oh, Auntie Jai, you know the book anything. 
He will go and be doing his morning devotion. He told me, I remember very well, he told me, he said, he said, Michelle, it got to a point where my clothes, brand new clothes that were in my bag, I've never opened to use. I'll go, when I pick the clothes, it's like, it has been deep in acid and dried up. So you just hold it and the thing curl. He said he couldn't understand. He said things started happening anyhow. Then number three, there was a pastor who came the third time. Another pastor to warn him, go after the call. He didn't listen. What will happen thereafter? One day, he went to pick a car battery. He wanted to remove the terminal. He was charging. He wanted to remove the terminal. Then the battery exploded. Covered his eyes and everything. Then this third pastor who came, came back to him again and said, I've told you that go after the call. Don't do anything to this acid bends. Don't do anything. In the next one week, you'll be healed. And when you are healed, go back to the call. And after that, the man pursued the call of God upon his life. He's the man, he has taught me prayer. He has taught me evangelistic ministry. He is the man, in fact, in fact, to the glory of God. He's in blessed memory today. He is the man who sat me down and introduced me to how to prepare a teaching note for the first time in my life. He is this man that taught me deliverance ministry, who released me, he says, go and pray for them. I remember prostitutes will come and say they have problems. They want God, they want God to do something for them. And he will say, take the notes. Begin to teach them salvation. I will teach these people and, and, and some of them will manifest. Some of them will say that they want to use a restroom. Something is happening in their system. Under this man, I saw my lifting and confidence. So it's important that you obey the call because somebody's destiny, one person is attached to you. One person or multitudes of persons is attached to the expression of your call. For example, if the children ministry will do it well, you never have a clue. I prophesied to a woman online. It started from Facebook Live. Then she joined my Zoom meeting and the prophecy continued. I said, I'm seeing a lot of children around you. I'm seeing you touching children. I spoke about children and children. And she came on Zoom and how you have, you have ministered certain children and they have grown up and now some of them are in government. And she said, it is true. It is true. Even currently, I have about 13 children in the neighborhood that I take care of. Imagine if that woman fails. It says that in the days of Shamgar and Jael, I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel when the highways of God were deserted and the byways were full. Deborah arose a mother in Israel. Call Israel back, judge Israel, and led them to war and work victories for them. Somebody of necessity must listen to the summons of the call. Amen. Amen. So the call is a summon, we said. The call is a summons that override our personal preferences. Our family obligations sometimes. And sometimes the call is so powerful that what you would not get global. Our last conference, I took money left, right, center. What the family will eat, we give it to the call. And when we finish, it was still not enough. When we finish, we're still in debt. We still have things to pay. My wife has to pay. Me too, I have to pay. The call, when we obey it, there is glory. The call 
overrides our 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 preferences and becomes our eternal compass our internal compass is the thing that guides you it leads you to make choices where you go in fact what you even listen to the kind of teaching you listen to the kind of book you read the kind of songs you listen to the call we say that we said that the call is God's design being heralded so that a gift might be developed and released to the body of Christ and to the nations of the earth. It is God that is blowing a trumpet, calling one that he will, a gift will be developed. And that is why I, I say to you always that I am a gift to you. You are a gift unto me. Because you occupy a unique call. You are a gift to many generations. You are a gift to some people. You are a gift to somebody in this place, in this land. We say we said that the call, it's a pathway from one being singular into corporate life. You are an individual, but when the call comes, the call develops you into many, many people. There is impact that is created. So when God calls you, Sometimes he decentralizes you. He distributes you into many. You become available to all. When God calls you, he decentralizes you and releases you. However, when the call comes, it brings us through process. So there are a number of things I identified the other day. I said that the call brings about recognition. You have to also recognize the call. Also, you are recognized. There are two things in that. So in recognition, there has to be receptivity. You have to accept and receive the call. Paul said that, um, I did not frustrate the grace of God. In Galatians chapter 1, it says that when this call was fulfilled in me, and Christ revealed in me, and God called me from my mother's womb, I did not go to confer with men. I did not go to Jerusalem. The call, you have to receive it, and you'll be responsible for that call. Yeah, you will be responsible for the call. What do you do with the call? What do you do? Do you know the anointing of God on a prophet can start a business? Ah, let, let me say, do you know the anointing? The anointing on you. And if I say prophet, you don't understand. The anointing on you can do anything. It can kill a human being and resurrect. Ah, I saw a man of God who does miracle man. He says God came to me and warned him and rebuked him that what you are doing. And then he said, it is me myself. I got to a point the thing got into my head. You can use this gift for anything. That is why it's important you stay within the limits and the parameters of the call. That is why Jesus said, many will come to me and say, Lord, 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 we did this and that. They say, I don't know you. That word no is used in the marital sense and it has many, many applications. But in the marital sense, Jesus is literally saying that you carry out so many activities that I, your husband, you said you are pregnant, but that pregnancy, who is it for? Who impregnated you? That is what Jesus is saying. He said, I didn't drop my seed in you for you to produce the child that you produce in activities and ministries that you did. Who impregnated? Said, I don't know you. I never had any intimacy with you that produced that seed. So it's important that you accept the call and seek God for the entire dimensions of the call to be unfolded in your life. Very, very important. So I was telling my son this morning, I said, listen, if I, if you started from Facebook Live yesterday, I said, what God is doing with you is nothing other that you can find online. 
You can't find it and say, this man of God, I am called according to this man of God that I'll follow. You have to go before God, seek his divine strategy for you. It's important. All of us attack that seriousness. Matthew, you think you are an ordinary mason or contractor? It's a lie. There is a very serious call in you. Somebody thinks he's an architect and he's just uh, me, I am an ordinary driver. What are you talking about, ordinary driver? You carry unique grace upon you to be able to express your call in certain places. If you do not seek God to receive the fullness and the power that backs that call, you will walk through this life and you wouldn't have impacted heaven. The Bible says that, um, I said the Bible, in Mel Gibson's movie, it says that whatever we do here echoes in eternity. Whatever we do here creates impact in eternity. Can I give you a scripture? In the book of Acts, Cornelius, in Acts chapter 10, the Bible says that Cornelius gave alms. He prayed always and he built a synagogue. He did, 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 and all of that. But the Bible says that his prayers, his devotion became a monument before God. Whatever we do here sends signals and builds monuments in heaven and creates momentum in heaven. So receive the call. Accept the call. Do it well. In the service of this house, that which you and I are supposed to do, do it and do it well because it is beyond me or any other leader overlooking and saying, are you doing it or not doing it? The call is an answer to God's summons. It arrests you and you have no choice. The call, inside the nature of the call is a response, action and activity. Action and activity. Actions and activity. Actions and activities. Inside the call is something called process. Everybody say process. That one, we don't like it. Process. Who like process? Who like process? But have you seen the, the ceramic, beautiful ceramic cup that you have? Where does it come from? Who know the act of pot making? That is where it comes from. They will take this clay, they will take it with all kinds of, they will knead it, knead it, they will remove stones and be kneading it. And this clay, I wish you the clay has in mouth. You would have heard the clay say, what have I done? What else do you want to do with me? I'm sitting somewhere quietly, you are needing me. And I'm going to talk about process a bit today. In the next few minutes. And then the call talks about, the nature of it talks about utilization, functionality. So you cannot arrive at functionality. Have you seen that uh, photo I, I've been posted on Facebook? You see the guy, he just finished Bible school, but he has crossed over all, everything that he has, and then he has put his foot on the last, the last staircase. The last one he has done like this. How, how do you, you will fall down. Facebook, it, so the next thing is that, you see a lot of our guys, I don't know, I don't know. The next thing is that, hey, he's going on Facebook Live. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he thinks that that is expression on the call. But there is process. There is recognition. I mean, you see, you see a 30-year young guy calling himself apostle. I'm not saying that, me, I'm getting weary of this, some of these Nigerian boys, everybody calling himself apostle. I mean, if, 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 if you really understand apostolic authority, you will not put your name, your name there. Because if I were Satan, I've been saying, but I cannot be and I'm not. If I want to attack you and you say you're apostle, what will I send? I will say apostolic demons to you. Finish. So you see a 30-year-old dead, 25, dead, 
stroke, paralysis. You, you cannot understand such a generation. We have no capacity and no pedigree in the spirit. When demons look at us, they realize that there is no recognition and a warning to them about us. So people are not processed. People are not anointed. People have not learned enough. And they become open and open the people that they lead to many, many, many attacks. It's indeed important that we step into the court. I mean, people call themselves apostles simply because they think they've seen an error in the body of Christ and they can call it. You think that makes you an apostle? The making of an apostle is a making of you becoming a spectacle unto powers and, and display a showmanship of God, wisdom, and understanding. There is so much of crafting of the mind of God. Apostle Paul, it says that, um, 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 it says a wise master builder as a wise master builder first, first Corinthians chapter, chapter 3 he said as a wise master builder go and research on that maybe later we talk about, about that a wise master builder comes from the word architecton in the Greek architecton from which we have the word architects a wise master builder of the days those days was not an armchair uh, architect who just draw the building. There are two ways that are components of wise, wise master builder. Um, um, one is wisdom, and wisdom speaks to the ability to determine, uh, to design the mind of God, God's original design. And builder speaks of the ability to be able to build and actualize that dimension in the earth. It is not about preaching. It's a severe moment. When I get to talk about the characteristics of the apostolic one day, we may understand. So we need to go through all of this so we can come into the place of functionality. Now, the process inside the call. There's a process inside the call. God called David. God called David. And this call will only become realized after 20 years. Will you still be following God? <laughs> I've called you great man of God. I was telling Pastor Sami yesterday that when my wife was in the hospital 2015, hey, prophet of God, power, deliverance, the new man, the prophecies, things have happened. Now your wife is lying in the hospital. You can't feel anointing inside you, inside your bone. Hey. So thankfully, I heard a man of God was on radio. Well, the guy who drove me to the hospital, when we were coming, I don't know why he went to tune into that station. So I heard this man of God preaching, great prophet of God. I've experienced him before. As a matter of fact, the first time I called him on the phone, hey, oh God, the gift of God is beautiful, eh? When I called him on the phone the first time, was it early 2015 or late 2014? He said, Hello, I want to talk to, I want to talk to, I know he said, do you know the books of the New Testament? This is the way he started. Ah, me, my friend, you think I'm a preacher like you? Me, do I know the books of the New Testament? What is inside the New Testament I want? Do you know the books of the New Testament? I didn't mind him. I said, the prophet of God, do you know the books of the New Testament? Tell me the books of the New Testament. I said, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke. I said, I want to talk to Mark. I want to talk to Mark. I want to talk to Mark. <laughs> it's back on the line. 
And we got talking, he says, come and see me. So, my wife was in the hospital, and this man was on radio. And I called him with a number he doesn't know. When I called him, he said, hello. I went to say, hello, prophet of God, good evening, sir. He didn't hear, he repeated hello again. I said, good evening, sir. He didn't hear, I repeated the third time. I said, good evening, prophet of God. He said, where are you calling me from? I said, I'm calling from Ashaman, sir. He said, you, 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 Papa God will use you all over the world and everybody will hear about you. When will you come and see me? Come and see me and let's talk. Hey, what you carry? Come and see me and let's talk. He didn't know I was the one he knows. <laughs> My wife was in the hospital. We have a baby that is dying. You are telling me, Papa, God will use me all over the world. Are you serious? Okay. And so God, does he not see what is happening? Can't he speak into this matter process? Will you continue to trust him? Will you continue to trust him? Sometimes it's as if God does not bother about your situation. It's as if he doesn't care. Job said, when I went forward, I can't find him. When I turn that way, he's not there. When I turn that way, he's not there. But he knows the way that I take. When he has finished with me, I will come forth as gold. What a beautiful scripture. Let me, let me locate it. And I think it's Job, either Job 29, let me just, or 28. Let me just, let me just locate that. When he has finished with me, I will come forth as gold. When he's done with me. Oh my God. Job 23, Job 23, the verse 8 down. It says, look, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. Look, the guy, the guy have applied every prophetic capacity he has. Can I say something? He has even consulted prophets. He has met the greatest and the big men and the most anointed. They prayed for him. They spoke over him. And they declared, now let this situation change. When he left, the thing didn't change. He has done it all. I says, when I, I said, he said, look, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward. But I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left, on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right, the right hand, I cannot see him. Verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. Ah, he's watching me. He knows the way that I take. He knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Let me add. Therefore, my foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I, am I, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than the necessary food. More than my necessary food. Process. So process is a foundation for commendation. Process is the foundation for commendation. Process is the, is the foundation for commendation. You want to commend somebody? Is he a process man? Oh, go and pluck that mango on the, on the tree. 
Is it mango bunu or is ripe mango? You commend mango bunu. You have created corilla. Those days, you remember when we were growing up, how we ate mango bunu and go corilla. We were eating these days. The thing is all right. We said we'll eat. Stomach problems. A man and a woman who has never gone to problem, uh, gone to process, is a problem to society and a burden to his generation. A preacher who has never been processed and for God to remove all the contortions of how his father treated him, his mother treated him, and the people around him treated him, he will be a problem to his own members. That is why we see some of them cursing their members left, left right, center. The slightest thing they are cursing. I'm told there's this man of God, he will even beat you where, 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 when you finish, he will curse, 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 curse you. What is that? The man is not processed. And for many, because they are not processed, they, they repeat to us. The very, you see, when you go through a problem, there are two things it will do to you. It either make you wiser or you become that problem. And the next thing is that you become that problem to the people or you have received wisdom. Do you know why I don't get hurt in ministry? Have you seen me? I'm hurt and I'm complaining and this one hurt me and did this to me. Sometimes, Albert, when I talk about the issue, you find me laughing. I laugh over it. I shake my head. I learned very early. There's a man of God, in the, two men of God in this, in this city. One of them lived in Tema Comte 9 here. Great man of God. If he was alive, I would have brought him here. When he opens the Bible and he's beginning to talk, you would think he was there when the things happen. What? But bitterness. He became bitter that there's a certain church, a certain big church in Accra, and the man of God is his friend, and that the name the man of God is using is the name they discuss, and the man went to use it, one of his bitterness. There's another man of God who died. I met him at a conference. I was talking to him about some other man of God I know, and he became offended. He said, but we are all in this city, and I realized there was offense. Not long, this man who was so handsome, so energetic, who would speak the word of God, not long, kidney problems. He deteriorated, he started selling all his equipment. He died and went. Number three, there was another man of God who got into a business transaction with some Nigerians. And they cheated him. And because they belonged to the same network, this man became offended because he looked up to these Nigerians as big bosses, not just in the network, also in the business, and they cheated him. He became head. Not long, kidney problems. Yem pam no yem cham no cream. He's gone. And in 2008, I began to go through a very severe process in the ministry where I was serving. Painful process. Very painful process. Things were said about me which were not true. Even to the extent when I was marrying, I understood my leader said in leaders' meeting that that marriage would not work. What would you do? Even to the extent that this leader would tell my wife that in fact, if, if I had known, I would have advised you not to marry the man. In fact, this Nigeria that you have allowed him to travel, you will find another woman and leave you. So before the marriage will start, problems have been created for the marriage before the marriage started. Wow. When we married, we traveled, and we were home, and my wife looked at me after a few days and says that I've looked at you carefully. You are not what they said you are. Thank you. I said, who are those who are the day? He started mentioning them. He said, this one said this about you, that one. Before the marriage. So I became very hurt. 
from 2008, I became very hurt. I am here because of the mercies of God. That is why when I see people going through problems, and sometimes I say, leave that matter. Just, just let that one go. The one you can confront, you deal with it, but make sure you don't allow the seed of the enemy to enter into you through pain, bitterness, anger, and you destroy yourself. It is like taking poison. When you become bitter, it's like taking poison for the person to die. You will never die. I want to talk about process, but it's somehow. Look, in 2009, September, I was in Nigeria. I stopped going to church. Yeah, I stopped going to church. I was, I was in pain. I was angry. When I go to church, I don't feel the presence of God. In my room, when I lift my, my hands, yes, I feel God. I can hear God talk to me, even in my pain. And I attended a conference, Spiritual Requirements Seminar. When I came back in September, the heavens began to open to me. The Lord began to point to the issues of bitter. I've written so many things. Jesus says that as I'm going, he says to beware of sorrow. He says beware of sorrow, but a woman who is in sorrow is a sign of birth pangs. When a child comes, he's free. So I said beware. So I wrote, you see, you see some things I write on my state of people now. I said beware of extreme pain, beware of extreme joy. How many of us saw this thing some weeks, some few days ago? Beware of extreme pain because it can destroy you and take you out of the scheme. The Lord began to point the issues to me and healed me. I was a dead man on a plane to my location in 2008. By September 2009, the Lord started freeing me. That was when I started writing Rethinking Fellowship, the book Rethinking Fellowship. That is where I started writing the book in the footprints of Enoch. It was in that season of intense encounters. I started writing a white Christianity an inch deep. It was in that season of intense, in, intense encounters. I started writing who is a Christian? Who is man? I started writing, embracing the power of the cross. I started writing the revelation of Christ. Entrance into this life is by revelation. It was in that season. So your pain, your process can either turn you into that problem or you have wisdom and grace enough to raise other people. And oftentimes, the things that you go through, the challenges you go through, it is a definition of your calling. God is defining you so you can bring many people who are struggling, who are in that space. You see that guy, he is in immorality. You let the hand of God not touch him. He will find hundred ways to be able to overcome pornography. He will, he, he, and the way he will do it, you will feel delivered and you'll be delivered. You see that lady, her mouth, when she gets delivered, she will now begin to teach women how to talk with such grace. So your call is important that you embrace process. I mean, you, you will serve under leaders and pastors who rebuke you. You laugh, you smile over it, you don't take it to heart. If not, you destroy yourself. Hey! My friend, my friend who came here the other day, they gave me 100 days of fasting. One, they said physically he's too big. Where's your assem? And they said he's too childish. And he has to do accountability. Serious, oh. My late spiritual mother, she's also in blessed memory, Dorcas. Dorcas will lash us. We went Pastor Sami come asking. Dorcas will lash us for not doing Bible study. 
But one day she kept me in her, in her room, in the living room. And she began to talk to me about what God has spoken to her concerning me. And why, me, I was, I was, at some point I started feeling off because every day I was in problem. Every day I was in problem. Every day I was in problem with Dockers. As for Mark Agbeko, you go and write some English. I don't But it is all to channel me. The day she brought me closer and she started talking to me. I remember she repaired this palm nut soup. After we, we finished eating, she has this notebook. She started opening it and telling me, said, you, Mark, this is what God wants to do with you. And I've written this down how many months ago. And, and that is why I am always dealing with you. So that you will come out and be such a guy. May we become men like that. Amen. And women like that who will take others and process them and chase them and pursue them. Look at Osiete. He will run from church. I will chase this guy. I will go. Sometimes he said, you will see me driving. You will swerve. <laughs> On this occasion, God is so faithful. He was about to come out. Then I also parked my car. And I was getting out of the car. I said, Osiete, come back to church. He came back to church. Not many months. He said, Prof, I want to marry. And he's married. Listen, we need to stand through our processes. Process is a foundation for recommendation. Preparation is paramount to proper performance. Can I ask something? Work in something I call preparation without request. Prepare messages that when nobody is asking you to come and preach. Write books when, no, when you have even no capacity to publish. Write down notes when you have no capacity to teach it anywhere. Preparation without request. Preparation is paramount to proper performance. Time is your best friend, not your worst enemy. Time. Just allow time and season to pass. The process facilitates clarity to the call. As you are going through the process, you become clearer in your mind concerning what God has called you to do. I'm racing a bit, but permit me. As you go through the process, it becomes clear. Oh, so is that why? So we go to evangelism a few times and we fail. And we come and sit down, we are thinking, okay, so why did we fail? Why didn't this work? We add plus and minuses, right? Then we are, oh, okay, it's not clear. Okay, there's a principality that is holding the people, number one. Number two, our approach is also not correct. Number three, our follow-up is weak. So now there is clarity coming to the nature of the call. Process produces right internal configuration. You are always angry. You are somebody who is always on the edge. You are getting angry. And God will give you people who will torment you. Ha! You say, sit down, they are standing. Every day they are giving you, they are calling you, church leader, they are calling you. You are solving problems. If you get, you will beat somebody. You didn't hear about that lighthouse pastor. They said he, he, he can slap some of the youth. You, you didn't hear about it? <laughs> you, oh, you didn't hear? Some of the youth started praising God when he died. They started praising okay? They said, praise God that he can slap you. That's why the slapping anointing had it. <laughs> but you see, imagine that God has taken you to process. You, you are a man who slaps, slaps. Now the next thing I want to lift your hand, the Holy Spirit says, you don't dare. That is my treasure standing there. You can't slap him. You, and, and over a period of time, you realize that this hand has now been taken over. It's now lent to the Lord. Process leads to proper internal configuration. You now know how to when to be angry, you know what to say. But first, 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 you know, 
when you get angry, you all the brake lining in your mouth is gone. You are just on the highway to destruction. You are like a loose cannon. You are flying left, right, center. Bible says that woe to you when your child, when your leader is a child. <coughs> you eat when you don't ought to eat. You will do things you don't ought to do. Process. Let's pray that God will help us embrace our processes that we are going through. Our unique pro- God will give us grace to be able to go through the seasons of our processes. Because at the end of the day, we will come forth as gold. I don't have time to tell you about gold. You know, when the Bible talks in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, about that God, uh, God himself will be the refiner and the purifier of silver. He will refine them as gold is refined and as silver is purified. I heard a story of a man who, um, uh, three women who had gone to a man who is um, um, an elder to ask him to explain a scripture. In short, I mean, the gold is placed in the fire. That gold will have to go through the fire. Just imagine, go through the fire for every impurity to come out. It is separated, it's now made sure it is solid, it's now put in the fire. And the man said, the long story short is that the man said, until the goldsmith lifts that gold bar, looks at the gold bar and can see his a reflection of himself in the gold, that gold will continue to go into the fire. Until God lifts you and he looks at you and says, Ah, bone of my bone flesh of my flesh you and i we will be in a process perpetual perpetually and process is such that when you finish a process is the beginning of another process the end of one process don't think you will never finish so long as you are in this flesh there must be process there must be process there must be process the refiner's fire will be working so process leads us to arrive at a place where we can make right choices what you choose is who you are. Did you hear that? What you choose is who you are. You become a reflection of your choices. And the Lord processes us so that we can make right choices so that his name will not be ridiculed. The call is not your arrival, please. Your call, your personal call. I told all of you, if you remember, go and sit down and check what did God. Some of you have multiple calls or you have one single call and multiple talents and giftings and abilities. I'm resting the next 10 minutes, then I'm done. It's 10, 10, 10, 10, 36, and by now, if it's prophetic meeting, we should be ministering to 11. Is this a good word? The call is not your arrival. Facebook Live. Immediately. They say, oh, you are a prophet. No, he'll go and change his Facebook name, prophet. So, so, so me, that thing, I don't feel good about it. Oh. I don't feel good about it. Then they start adding appellations to their names. You know appellations? Titles. People. I put something on my status this morning. In the movie, um, Braveheart. Look, let me encourage you. Look for the movie Braveheart and watch. And when you watch it, think about politics and think about Bible. Think about value systems. In Braveheart, Mel Gibson said, people do not respond to titles. The king from wherever, I've forgotten the name, sent his, they came. They said, we are this, and then we are the warlords of the land, and this and that. So people do not respond to titles. 
they respond to freedom, freedom, and they started creating problems. They overthrew the government. <laughs> you have some guy saying freedom, you don't know what he's bringing home. <laughs> I said, when you, when you watch Mel Gibson in Braveheart, and there's something. Look, I was impacted by that movie so much. Huh? Um, I've written a portion in, in the Footprints of Enoch, because the title of, in the title of that book is In the Footprints of Enoch, Calling Forth an Immortality Readier People. So in that book, I dealt with death. What, does, what, what is called death? And then I dealt with dying well. People don't die well. Somebody can die like this, but he died well. He died very well. Somebody can die the most beautiful death, any warrior for, but he died a foolish death, empty death. He said, David said, look at, he said, look at, is it Abner? He said, look at Abner, he dies like a fool. People don't die, there are some people, they don't die empty. Jesus, Bible says, and Jesus said, it is finished. He, and he, he gave up the ghost. In that, so I was watching that movie and I got impacted by a scene in the movie that moved me. And that is when I started writing about dying well. Listen, go and watch Mel Gibson. Watch Braveheart. It's an old movie. I told my children today that we need to look for a movie to watch and we watch Braveheart tonight. Yeah, so wherever, however you people find it on YouTube, I'm sure somebody will post the full movie on YouTube. Let's go and watch Braveheart. Learn some lessons. They gave the guy something to take so that when they, when they put a sword to his throat, you not feel it, you just die. He hid the thing under his tongue. When they left, he removed it and threw it away. <laughs> and at the point where they were chopping his head on London Bridge, chopping his head off, he was in a vision and celebrating and meeting the beloved. Like Stephen. When they charged on him, it says that he see. The Christ standing by the Father on the throne, and he gave up the ghost. He slept. They thought they were killing him. The man slept. People die well. He was in stone, but the guy was sleeping. Somebody, somebody died in a very beautiful hospital bed, and even no hospital bed, but he didn't die well. Watch that movie. That's just by the way. Watch the movie. So the call is not arrival. It is just an invitation. Only obedience to develop the process provides the guarantee. Second Peter 1, the verse 2, the verse 10, sorry. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really, you, that you really are among those God have called and chosen. Work hard. Obedience. Do these things and you will never fall away. Work hard. I want to encourage Sammy, work hard. I told Sammy, come by during the day. Come and spend time. Play the keyboard. Work hard. Come in here. Study. And when you are not going to work in the morning, study. Take your test. Now that you have gone back into school again, take your test. Study. When you are tired, you want to rest. Come and play keyboard. When it's not enough, you rest more 30 minutes. Then you get ready. You go to work. Work hard to prove yourself in the calling. I told myself that I'm not going to stand here to teach anymore without preparation. I will make sure I work hard. The school of ministry where I taught, you are given 48 hours at minimum to prepare for a class. 48 hours minimum. Prayer, reading, minimum. 
to come and stand because we know that when we stand there's a discharge of the spirit of God into our hearts the process is a design to bring death to self death to self me I me we me my my ministry <laughs> death to self we die to that me I I I I before you realize we, we are dead the process when we go through realize the anger is gone produces a matai mentality you know who is a matai he's already dead when threatening a jihadist with death you, you will die first because the guy is already dead how do you kill a dead person twice you can't scare somebody twice who is already dead the core produces a matai we need to have a matai mentality i think there's a book matai's for christ there's an audio version of it look for it and listen matai's for christ become a matai for christ self-discipline is produced obedience through the willingness to embrace suffering is produced you know some people they don't like suffering today our, our ladies a soft life soft life i love soft life soft life so they are frustrating us we can't marry them and soft life hey, me, i'm not comfortable i'm not any and this this your uh, your your thing that you say god i've called you i'm not comfortable i'm not comfortable shut up soft life away who told you that when you become born again, life will be soft? Who told you? So today, our young ladies will quickly make a bypass to go and get money from somewhere. They don't care. They will sell. I told someone, I said, look, never be angry to sell your body for food. You'll be a fool to do that. What is soft life? People are selling themselves for iPhone, 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 iPhone. There was one lady. I said, ah. There's this man I've seen you with. He's married, though. He said, yes. I said, what has he told you? I said, Mark Jawasem. <laughs> he said, no, no. What did he tell you? She won't see you. I said, Mark, I'm going to go. Now, I'm going to go. 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 And also, I'm going to go. Mobile phone. I said, you're going to go. Mobile phone. You're going to go. You're going to go. And I think she obeyed because I never saw the iPhone in her hand. She stayed many months without phone. I said, Ah, child, oh, how frame me? I said, Mark, you need phone, you know the phone, but baby, actually, me. Listen, let's go through. Look, Saul was refusing to go through process. When the people were scattering, and someone said, Wait for me, if he had waited, I am sure the message of God would have been revealed. He decided to do it on his own. Process is important. Don't underrate it. The process proves his faithfulness and his love. When you are going through process, eh, that is when you see the faithfulness and the love of God. Let me tell you, the 2015, after the hospital things, I spent money. Because they had to... Um, um, the processes cost a, a lot of money. Christmas, on the 15th, my wife is in the hospital. About two weeks or so, one week she was in the hospital. We came back, there was no money in the house. Then there used to be this woman who is from Catholic Church. And my wife introduced me, she used to teach our first boy. My wife introduced me to him. Hey, we got to talk in and she came to our meeting. And things began to happen. She began to see the wondrous light of the gospel of Christ. She got Holy Ghost baptized. 
I was there. This woman called me and said she no. I was there. They got close to her house and called her at my home. She is visiting with her daughter. The daughter works with MTN. They came in. We talked, talked, talked. I gave her daughter some prophecy. We're standing about to leave. And had, we had those days. We had two wild dogs in the house, and they were all on loose in the house. We we're talking. Then the Lord said, "Oh, wait a minute. I'm coming." And she ran through the door, went through the gates, went to a car. She came back, hopping in with an envelope. He said, when we were talking, the Lord said to me, I should do this. I said, wow. Wow. We can trust the faithfulness of God in our processes. Please, don't take a shortcut. Shortcut leads to dead end. I'm going to progress and then stop somewhere. Then next week, I jump into it. Let me just touch on three points there of Bible verses. It's just Bible verses. Process. When we go through, we see the faithfulness and the love of God. Can I ask you a question? Or can I put it this way? Anytime you are going through any challenge or any process or, or the seasons of life that you find yourself in, do you know one question you should ask yourself? What is the revelation of Christ in this for me? Ask that question. Sir. Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Lord, what are you saying to me? Lord, what are you saying to me? Lord, how should I live my life? Lord, how should I relate to that man, that woman who hates me so much, who is always fighting me, that boss who does not want to see eyeball to eyeball, that subordinate who is always undermining me and taking stories to the big boss, that superior who is always blackmailing me to my boss. How should I? What are you revealing to me? You will come into scriptures. You will come into value systems. You will come into great understanding. You will come into patience because the Lord will kill your self-spirit and kill your impetuousness, your quickness to want to run to judge and answer. But you just be patient and realize that things will begin to fall in place for you. When you're going through the process, ask yourself, Lord, what is the revelation of Christ in this for me? For whom? Matthew, Hebrews chapter 12, 6 for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And scourges every son whom he receives. Or in other translations, says, he will scourge the son so that he can receive him. When we go through the storm, the process, we see God's love in, in, in demonstration by him correcting us. Sometimes he will punish us. It's not for our distraction when you read further, but that he will receive us as a son so that we now appear and say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In those days, for one to be called a son, the person is brought to the gates. The gates of the city was the most vulnerable point of the city. The gate of the city, therefore, was the place where the elders sat. That is why the Bible talks about the gates of Hades. It speaks about the leaderships of hell. It was where the elders sat. And the gate was where proclamation was made. 
when the leaders would have decided about the city, they now make a decree at the gate. The gate was a transition point in and out. The gate was a standard that disallowed or allowed. And when sons had come to age and to be brought into inheritance, the father would bring him to the gates of the elders and proclaim, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Meaning that this son can, can, can transact on my behalf, can go into any conversation on my behalf. He has charge over my property. Can I say something? It says that, you son, you have always been with me and everything that I have is yours. When the prodigal son came back, the elders had a complaint. He said, son, you have always been with me. And everything that I have is yours. So God will chasten us so that he will receive us unto himself as sons. He can stand at the gate and say, this is my beloved son. This one. It comes with approval, attestation, commissioning, power, grace, authority. You see the flow of grace, meaning God is back on it. The last point I'm going to say is ultimately the process is not primarily to produce a great calling you think god wants to produce a great great man of god in the earth no 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 no. that is not god is going to have that great prophet no but ultimately he wants to produce a corporate man in you christ he wants to produce christ inside a call people are not attracted to titles they are attracted to a man called freedom he is called christ when people will be attracted to you, they are attracted to the Christ in you. He wants an identity produced in you, which is Christ. He don't want your great-grandfather's village life with you and I. When he hears the sound of your voice, he wants to hear Christ. Jesus Christ is the finality of God. Jesus Christ is the horizon of God. When God lifts his eyes, all he sees is Christ. Nothing. You can come on the grounds of God. I gave you fat money. Good. God, I gave, prayed powerful prayers. Good. God, I did that. But when he sees Christ, he said that he so pleased the Father that he filled his body with everything that he is. He is the finality of God. He is the absolute ground upon which God does his everything. The call, the process in the, of the call or in the call is not to produce a great calling, a great prophet, a great apostle, a great singer, a great musician, a great artist, but it is that there will be an identity of the corporate man formed in us. Listen to these scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4, 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. New King James, you are wondering where is the Christ revelation because he's the only person who was talking about. Listen to this. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, when he had, God did not, you see, when people get a call, they start running into the world. The first point of the call is, it is a call to him. In the book of Mark, Bible says that he had spent the whole night praying. When he finished, he called the disciples unto himself. When he had called his 12 disciples unto him, he gave them power over. He gave so the, the process is to produce a Christ in us, the revelation of Christ. 
Matthew chapter 10, the verse 1. Listen to me carefully. NLT, New Living Translation. Jesus called his 12 disciples together. The call is not about singularity. Remember I said that it is an expression from a singular life to a corporate man. So he calls us unto himself and at the same time he calls us unto ourselves. So we no longer, I am the man of God for the hour. There is no recognition of the other man and grace of God in the city because you have declared yourself an antichrist. Ah, is that not what the Bible said? It says that they will come and say, I am, I am, I am, I am the man of God. You are an antichrist. <laughs> Listen to this one, Galatians chapter 1, the verses 15 and 16. Galatians chapter 1, the verses 15 and 16. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. The process of the call, ultimately, is the revelation of Christ to the nations. You, now, you and I will now have an identity that people will look at us and say, wow, what a people. I think next week we're going to pray. The part of the, part of the process that I will touch on next week will deal with a number of things. And we'll look at Gideon, Jeremiah. We'll look at identity health, doctrinal health. We'll look at what the process does to you. By the time you go through process, you'll not be teaching a foolish doctrine. Eh? There was a guy in, in, in town. He says that he's going to write a book on having intercourse with God. You see, it's a good doctrine, but you just use the wrong, wrong words. When he matured, he didn't even write the book. He didn't, he's not even talking about it. Because he has learned that, look, you have to speak the language of heaven, not just earth-based life. We had brothers, like the sister we were talking about, she told me of this guy in town, who today, when you see him, it's like he has never been anointed before. With all the healing and the prophetic gifts that were at work in this guy. He started telling the ladies, I want to impart the gift of God in you. And how will they do it? You need to sleep with you. And he has imparted all the gifts. The gift is finished now. The gift is gone. All the gift is finished. Today he's walking around as if he's never been anointed by God. When, I bet he's laughing. When you and I go through process, you begin to have something we call eyes of honor. You look upon one and you realize that no, you can't, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to see what the devil is saying because you will see through the lens of God. You will not see man. Look, many people have not been processed. There's this prophet, young guy. I don't want to mention his name. Young guy, he's been, when he saw Northgate Global things, he started trying to attach himself to me. Me too, I kept on, touch, on attaching myself. Recently, his name was also on, on radio and this and that, the atrocities he has done. I said, can you imagine if I go and attach myself? It will become a sir. Listen, let's give ourselves to process. You know the song we used to sing? I am a soldier in the army of the Lord. I am a soldier in the army. 
I am a soldier in the army of the Lord. I am a soldier in the army. If a brother falls down, hey, in the army of the Lord, he will rise again in the army. If a sister falls down in the army of the Lord, he will rise again in the army. One more time. I am a soldier in the army of the Lord. I am a soldier. Hey, I am a soldier in the army of the Lord. I am a soldier. If a brother falls down, hey, in the army of the Lord, she will rise again in the hey, If a sister falls down in the army of the Lord, she will rise again in the army. I encourage you to stand. I encourage you to go through the process fully. I encourage you to stand and fight. For God is a faithful God. When the process is done, it brings a new identity from self to whom God has called us to be. I pray that the Lord will give us grace. I pray that the Lord will strengthen you. I pray that the Lord will cause your mind not to be dull. I pray that he will quicken your mortal body. He will quicken your spirit. I pray in the name of Jesus that the process will not give way to depression to come and oppress you. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that a strong hand of God will be upon you for good. I pray that the Lord will uphold you. And the Bible said, I have found David, a man after my own heart, and I have anointed him with my holy oil. I ask that the Lord will anoint you with the holy oil. The enemy shall not outwit you nor the son of wickedness afflict you. Your right hand will be over the sea. Your left hand over the rivers. The abundance the Lord will command to you in your season of lack you shall have. In your season of hopelessness he will comfort you. I declare in the name of Jesus that the hand of the mighty God will be upon you and that I declare that the hand, the right hand of God will be with you and established with you and sustain you in the name of Jesus. You will become wiser. You will not make foolish decisions. You will become wiser. You will not make foolish decisions. You will become wiser. You will not make foolish decisions. You will go forward in great grace and in great power. I pray that in this season of processes, the revelation of Christ will be stronger. The revelation of Christ will be stronger. The revelation of Christ will be stronger in your life more than your problems more than your challenges in the name of Jesus the Lord give you a strong mind the Lord give you a strong spirit in the mighty name of Jesus oh my God Lord we come before you for grace we reach out for grace and mercy we reach out for grace and mercy we reach out for grace and mercy we will not fail I pray that the spirit of obedience will be our portion I pray that the spirit of willingness to go with the Lord will be our portion I pray that we will not for, for, for frustrate the grace of God upon our lives I pray that we will be wiser than our enemies I pray that the spirit of revelation will abound 
the spirit of revelation and knowledge in God, the spirit of wisdom and understanding will enrich you, that you will know what is the hope of your calling, what are the glorious riches of his inheritance in the saints, what is the working of his mighty power towards us who believe the same power in demonstration when he raised Christ from the dead. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Oh, Kabasha. Just pray in the spirit for one moment. For just for some few minutes. Just pray in the spirit. Koba, koba, Somebody just pray in the spirit. Refresh yourself. Refresh yourself. We came from the place where there were tempests. We came from the place where there were tempests. We came, we came from a place where there was a lot of noise. We are refreshing now. We are coming to refreshing. Let the dew of the Lord be upon you, friend. Let the dew of the dew of the Lord be upon you, sister. Let the dew of the Lord be upon you, my brother. Let the dew of the Lord be upon you, my son. Let the dew upon the dew of the Lord be upon you, my daughter. The Lord make your feet as strong like a bear's feet. That you will walk upon your high places. The Lord restore to you the joy of salvation in the midst of the storm. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord restore to you great grace in the midst of the storm. The Lord give you eyes to see the revelation of Christ. The Lord give you eyes to see the revelation of Christ. The Lord provide for you. The Lord sent prophets to you. The Lord sent apostles to you. The Lord sent encouragers to you. The Lord sent helpers to you. Ayaka baka baka baka. Baba baba sonda baka. Ayaba dorobo shekedele. Anda maganda rokondele nako. Mesebedele nako. Mansi prokoto beke. Rekete sekepa. Akonto piato stapa. Ambereketom bekia. Antoko sukoton. Aganteke.
his name is Jehovah Ninsi. He will go before us with a banner saying, I love you. One more time, I have a demon. Oh, they 